are listening to Autoimmune Community Voices, a podcast about diverse experiences and information from the autoimmune community. For more information about the Autoimmune Community Institute, visit acicommunity.org. In this episode, we're interviewing, we're speaking to Leah Sarvella, who is going to be sharing with us her autoimmune story of being undiagnosed, but having an autoimmune diagnosis, if that makes sense. And so Leah is a pre-med student in pre-med studies. She's located in Boston at school, and she's just a wonderful person. She works with us uh, with the Autoimmune Community Institute, and um, I just, I'm excited to share her story today. So welcome, Leah. Thank you. Hi. Um, So my name is Leah. um, And like April was saying, um, I am a pre-med student um, in Boston at Mass College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. um, And I'm absolutely loving it. Like April was saying, you know, I do have an undiagnosed autoimmune disease, which has definitely been something that has been interesting. Not a lot of people that I know have been living with an undiagnosed autoimmune condition. So, you know, it comes with its struggles, but we all have ways of coping. And so I'm really excited to share my story today and just kind of, you know, have kind of turned my life around and um, made it into a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm really excited to hear about how you've done this. I mean, we've heard some of it um, in our blog posts at the Autoimmune Community Institute. But with the sisterhood, I'd love for you to share your story. How did this all begin for you? What was your autoimmune story in terms of how symptoms began? What was the situation? Absolutely. So I actually um, started having some health conditions and health complications when I was in seventh grade. So a very long time ago, I was about 12 years old. And it's really crazy because my brother is actually turning 12 in a few months. So it's crazy to think that, you know, I was his age when I was starting to have symptoms. I actually got a concussion um, in seventh grade. And after that, nothing has really been the same. We're not really sure if that's a correlation or anything, but it's just kind of interesting to that's where everything started. But I started having, you know, some um, GI issues, I was having some stomach pains in my lower right quadrant. And it was just really peculiar. So I was able to go in and they Uh, the doctors were kind of like looking and they thought I had appendicitis. They thought I had an indecision. It was like a whole thing. I was in the hospital overnight. They were prepping me for surgery Easter, then the night before Easter, it was really crazy. And so they did like a final ultrasound. They realized, you know, you're good. Like you don't have appendicitis. So they were just kind of like, this is weird. Um, Just kind of like keep an eye on it. So that was one of the first things and one of the first symptoms that I started having was that abdominal pain. Going forward, it kept happening um, throughout the next like six to eight months. And so my doctor, I had to see, you know, a GI specialist and he was just like, look, we're probably have, going to have to do a scope and just kind of see what's going on, see like what's happening. And so I was taking magnesium for my concussion. And so what my neurologist had said is that sometimes GI issues arise from taking magnesium. And since you've been taking it for so long, like, how about you stop, see if it like affects if there's any correlation there. And so I stopped taking magnesium and my GI symptoms went away. Miraculously, my doctor was just like, oh, is it because you're 13 and don't want a colonoscopy? And I was just like, they actually like went away. So um, that was something that was like really good. But then I got a call one day or my mom got a call because I was 13 at the time. And 
every time that I was hospitalized for my GI symptoms, they did blood work just to kind of see everything. And so they kind of noticed this pattern that every single time I was hospitalized, I had a low uh, white blood cell count and in particular neutrophils. So they just wanted to kind of let us know that. And they said that they were a little concerned. And so I was actually um, scheduled for to see a hematologist at Boston Children's Hospital. And so through that journey, um, I was tested. I got poked twice a week for eight weeks to see where my blood cell counts were, really looking at the different patterns to see if my neutrophils would dip. And so what we noticed is that I actually started getting really, really sick around this time. And so every like three to four weeks, my blood counts would drop like completely, like in very um, critical levels. And so what we kind of came to a conclusion is on is that I had something called cyclic neutropenia, which is when um, every three to four weeks, your neutrophils just automatically just drop. And so they didn't know why. I've been tested um, genetically for many years um, to see if there's like a genetic aspect to this as cyclic neutropenia is usually genetic, um, but that was not the case for me. So the big question was, why are my neutrophils dropping so much? And so what we kind of kind of thought about was um, we know that my neutrophils drop, but we need to know why, because it's not genetic. It's not any of this. When we are started kind of like thinking about this, I started developing other symptoms, more of the autoimmune. So I started getting joint pain. I was lethargic all the time. Um, I could barely get out of bed. And this was still going on with my episodes of neutropenia, where I get canker sores in my mouth and down my throat, where I couldn't eat. I couldn't like drink anything. I was stuck to my bed for, you know, several days. And going through this while in middle school was definitely something that was really challenging for me. Um, I missed a lot of school and this continued throughout high school as well. And just trying to figure out how to treat this. So I was prescribed something called Nupagen, which is man-made neutrophils. And so I inject them into my body. I still do it. I actually gave myself an injection this morning. But what the whole point of that was and trying to figure out the right dosage. I'm actually like, if I don't have enough Nupagen, then I become neutropenic. But if I have too much neutropenic, Nupagen, um, I actually develop a fever, I get chills. So I have like an allergic reaction to it because it's over overdriving my um, my bone marrow. Something with neutropenia is that if you have a fever, I have to go to the hospital immediately because it means that there's some sort of infection in my body. So every time that I would have an allergic reaction to the Nupagen, I would have to go into the hospital and get pumped with antibiotics just to make sure nothing was going on. So this was really a recurring cycle of getting hospitalized for my symptoms of neutropenia. When I had too much of my medication, I was in the hospital and then just doctor's offices and doctor's appointments, hospitalizations. It was just a never ending cycle for a very long time. And just trying to figure out the autoimmune was also a really big portion as well. This was all going on from about like eighth grade to probably my sophomore year of high school. Um, so it was a very long time and a very big process. And we're still kind of going through it now as I am a sophomore in college, but I've had so many like so many tests done. I've had two bone marrow extractions and procedures done. I've had two colonoscopies and endoscopies. I've had pill cams um, because through this, I was still having like abdominal pain, um, especially in the beginning. So they were kind of wondering, maybe this isn't because of the magnesium you were taking. It could be something else. And what they found is that I was having a lot of like 
small ulcers in my in my GI tract, especially in my small intestine. And so they weren't really sure if this was in correlation, um, since I was getting like, they really looked like can- canker sores in my in my GI tract. And I, it was really cool, because I was actually able to see the pictures from the pill cam. But it was just really, really interesting and puzzling. And what they kind of have seen is that through my joint pain, through my test results, inflammation markers in my blood, high B12, my inflammation coming out through my eyes, muscle aches, joint pain, all of that, they can't actually pin it to a real autoimmune disease. So what has happened is that my sophomore year of high school, I was actually, I applied to be in something called the Undiagnosed Disease Network. And so this is kind of like a an organization through the United States. And there, I think are, there are seven or eight locations in the United States. And thankfully, there was one in Boston. And so I was actually able to submit an application. One of my rheumatologists actually suggested it for me because he had no idea what was going on with my body. And so I was able to submit an application. Usually it takes several months to hear back. I heard back in two weeks and was accepted into the program. So this was really amazing. It was like a huge light of hope for me. Um, So I was a patient there and I was seen by many, many doctors and had my entire exome and genome sequence through the UDN. I actually just um, sat on a panel talking about my experiences a couple weeks ago for them to hear back from some of the patients, which was really awesome. So that was really cool to kind of reflect on my experiences and everything that they were able to give me. Unfortunately, the genetic testing did not have any conclusions. They saw some abnormalities, but nothing conclusive to why I have my neutropenia or things um, genetically for autoimmune disease. But something that's really cool and something that I'm really looking forward to is that in a few years, maybe they'll be able to relook at it because we learn stuff about genetics all the time. And so just being able to, you know, have that testing done and be able to relook at it, maybe in a few years, 10 years from now, uh, five years from now, we don't know, but just having that availability, I think is really amazing. But being a patient in the UDN was amazing. And just having that like chance of hope, even though it wasn't conclusive for me, I'm still very grateful that I was able to be a part of that and really learn and hear from some amazing doctors in Boston. And I, it's an amazing organization. But, you know, still continuing today, that was four years ago, I'm still kind of in the same spot, you know, I've been able to really, for the past several years, I've been really able to manage my symptoms, I finally found a right dose of my Neupogen injections, where I'm not getting sick, um, neutropenia, neutropenia, and I'm not getting sick from the medication. And that has really changed my life. It took several, several years to finally find that right dose. But my quality of life has increased enormously. Like I was not sure that I was going to be able to go to college because I was so sick and I was missing so much school. And so being able, my senior year, I finally was able to find the right dosing and really get to experience the call, the high school experience. My last year in high school was something that I am still grateful for because my high school experience was not something like a normal high school experience. And so I was really grateful to be able to go to college and I'm here now and I am so happy and just turning my life. Um, I realized that, you know, being inside of a doctor's office in a hospital and having a love for science and helping people, I really decided that, you know, maybe medicine is a thing for me and this is my calling. And it hasn't been the easiest. My life has not been the easiest trajectory, but 
I think that, you know, things happen for a reason. And even though something horrible, you know, has really happened in my life, turning it around and being able to help people that are in similar situations as me is something that I am so excited to do and so excited to be a pre-med student and um, be in the same location as Boston and some of the best hospitals in the world. Tell us a little bit more about how you chose this school and how it has been able to help you along your autoimmune journey as well. Absolutely. So I love my school. I am actually right across the street from Boston Children's, Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, um, which are two of the hospitals that I am really a patient at. And knowing that, you know, I was going to have experiences in these hospitals as a student and not as a patient was something that I was really excited for. Um, And having the connections with my doctors, them being able to, you know, say, hey, like, I know this doctor that you could shadow. So you can see what a day in the life is like as a hematologist at Boston Children's, which is something a huge, like, you know, end goal would be for me. So just having those experiences. And then also, you know, just knowing that if anything were ever to happen, I can literally walk right across the street and I have all my doctors there um, was something that was really great. My freshman year of college, I did have some complications with my medical, you know, journey. And so I was able to just run across the street, get in, see my hematologist, um, get the testing that I needed. And it was just so great and not having to go across the country for a school, which I would have loved to do, you know, experience a new city or something, but I would have to start over if anything were to happen. Um, And just knowing that Boston is like a huge medical hub and I have so many experiences waiting for me right at my fingertips. That was a huge reason why I did choose my school. And just having like an actual pre-med major, that's something that I absolutely love. You know, I'm actually graduating with a degree in pre-medical and health studies instead of like a biology degree, which is something that is really interesting. And so I'm really excited. You know, I'm going through organic chemistry right now. But after that, you know, I'm going to get into the genetics side as well, as well as immunology, which are classes that I'm really, really excited for in the next few years. I love it. And I love the fact that through your diagnosis of undiagnosis of non-diagnosis or undiagnosed. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) your unclear diagnosis, you still had this motivation to go into the healthcare field. I'm curious to know that if you hadn't had these health situations, these health challenges, would you still be in pre-med studies right now? I honestly don't know. When I was going through my sophomore year in high school, I had this huge project and it was called the passion project. Sophomore year of high school was one of my rough years in school because I was so sick. And I remember um, getting assigned this project and I was just like, I broke down because I was just like, I can't see myself anywhere because I'm so sick and I'm so like, you know, I don't know what my future is going to look like. And so after talking with my mom, because I was, you know, crying, I was just like, I don't know what my future is going to be. And like, how am I going to be living with this illness that I literally have no idea what it's going to do to my body and how it's going to affect me? How can I, you know, plan? How can I like choose a college that I want to go to? How can I, you know, look at a future profession? It was so stressful on top of everything else I was going through. And so my mom was just like, Leah, you look at what you have been given and maybe you could turn this into something really amazing. And I, a light went off for me when she said that. And I was just like, I know so much about medicine as a sophomore in high school, just by being a patient and by working with so many doctors in so many different fields. I mean, I've seen 
countless doctors. I can't even put a number to it because it's been so many. And just being in that environment as a patient, of course, was not, you know, my favorite thing in the world, but I was learning. And I think I was just like absorbing all the information I could get. And I knew so much. And I was just like, wow, I actually, you know, this could actually be something for me. And just knowing that was something that just that spark went off. And I was just like, wow, I can actually make a difference. I know I can like point out what a good doctor is because I have been a patient and what I like about certain doctors in comparison to other ones that don't have as great of of a bedside manner, um, especially as a pediatric patient. And so I was a pediatric patient and I had a lot of challenges, of course, but I think that's going to make me a really compassionate and empathetic doctor in the future because I have been in their shoes. I know what it's like to be a patient. And so, you know, turning that around learning and absorbing all the information that I can get as a student through healthcare experiences and learning opportunities. I'm just so excited to finally, you know, go through medical school and absorb more information so that I can really be the best doctor that I can be and really help patients who are going through similar things. And I would love to go into pediatrics and work with children. I think that's my biggest goal. Um, I think a hematologist would be amazing, but I'm still definitely open to other specialties as well as I continue to learn and absorb information and just do everything that I can and just learn as much as I can. Wow. It does sound like you found your passion project. (laughs) I think I did. (laughs) I'm really curious to know, though, you have an undiagnosed condition. Are you prepared, like, for not knowing? Like, what if, for some reason, like, I hope they do get your diagnosis. I hope they find and identify what's going on. How would you feel, like, if for the next several years, they still don't know? How, How do you approach that? Of course. So the idea of doctors not knowing what is going on was something that bothered me a lot in the beginning. I was just like, how can they not know? Like, these are some of the smartest people in the world and they can't figure it out. And having like this label of undiagnosed on my chart and on me was something that I struggled with a lot in the beginning. And it was really hard for me to kind of like understand that, especially at a young age. And I didn't know everything about medicine as as much as I do now. And I was just like, how do they not know what's wrong with me? Like, this is scary. Like, they literally don't know what's going to happen. And that was something that kept me up at night. And I really struggled with for a long time. Now in looking and like learning more about biology and just having a better understanding of the medical field and knowing that I'm not alone. A lot of other people struggle with um, finding a diagnosis as well is something that has really kept me going as well. Um, In high school, I was really a part of an organization called Future Business Leaders of America. And I actually held a leadership position in the state of New Hampshire. I was a state officer. And so through that project, I actually was raising awareness for undiagnosed diseases in the state of New Hampshire. And throughout high school, I really didn't really talk about my, you know, my health condition because I was embarrassed of it. And, you know, I didn't want people to know behind closed doors what I was going through because it was really hard. You know, people would be like, Leah, like, why aren't you at school? Like, you're never here. And I'm like, I have to start like explaining because it was going through like, it was really affecting like how I was going through school and stuff. And so I just say, you know, I I'm sick. Like I'm not feeling well. Like 
in my senior year, I finally started talking about it more and um, people would ask me questions. And at first I was really uncomfortable. And then, you know, through the next few years, I started really advocating for autoimmune diseases, um, undiagnosed diseases as well. But through my initiative, you know, I spoke to the governor, Chris Sununu, about undiagnosed diseases. I, I presented in front of like 40 legislatures in New Hampshire at the State House in Concord. And I talked about undiagnosed diseases and how important it is for there, it to be known because not many people know that people are struggling with undiagnosed diseases. There are so many organizations for different blood diseases, for different autoimmune conditions, but having this label of undiagnosed was something kind of new and not something that I was familiar with or many of my friends as well. So being able to raise awareness and having the support of the state was something that really helped me. You know, I had never talked about this before and then I just started talking about it like and it was amazing. Like I made pins. And so at our leadership conferences, people came up to me asking for the pins to support me. Maroon is the uh, official color of auto- autoimmune or undiagnosed autoimmune diseases. And it was amazing to see all the pins on people's like blazers and everything. Another thing was that during like, um, like the project, people would wear maroon. And so I got so many pictures um, sent to me of the entire school wearing maroon and it brought tears to my eyes just to know that I was supported and we had a day at my school as well and just seeing the maroon flood through my school that day I I literally cried it was one of the most eye-opening and amazing experiences people that I didn't even know were wearing maroon in support of me and undiagnosed diseases and I think when that happened I was just like this is something that I want to continue raising awareness about and really it's not just a label that is put on you. It's an experience that you live. And knowing that I am undiagnosed and it might continue to be like this for a long time, I've kind of turned that around and said, okay, this is a challenge that you know doctors are going to have to accept. Maybe I can find something in my future you know, as a doctor, going through medical school, doing research throughout my undergrad, just having it be a challenge and knowing that someone's going to figure out it out someday, hopefully, if not, the challenge is mine. And, you know, I would love to look into this research more and um, really try to maybe figure it out myself with um, a team of doctors once I'm a doctor. Um, But knowing that you're not just a label, that you're actually a person and you're going through these experiences is something that I have learned and, um, you know, use that in me um, to continue out the rest of my life. Wow. (laughs) This is one of the, I don't know, I think this is probably the first episode that I feel like teary. (laughs) Wow, that's an amazing story. I love the fact that you have the support of the entire state of New Hampshire behind you. You have the support of your entire school. Your high school was behind you. I love the fact that you are at peace with the fact that there is no current diagnosis, but that you can do your part to find a way to get toward that closer to that diagnosis. I love the fact that you have a whole community that you know that maroon is the color of undiagnosed autoimmune conditions and that you're not alone. Um, I'm just so pleased to hear this. And I guess my question to you is, um, I don't know if you realize, but Today is the day before Easter. I got 
memories a few days ago, actually yesterday and the day before of when I was in Boston for the autoimmune or the, um, the undiagnosed disease network. And it's just, you know, it really showed me how much I have grown and how much and how much further along I am and how much more comfortable I am living in my own body, you know, being undiagnosed and having, you know, not making it all about having an undiagnosed disease and just really fueling my passion of, you know, healthcare, health equity, making sure that voices are heard in healthcare, um, I think is what, you know, drives me to be um, the person who I am today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And just, just realizing that it was the same day that you mentioned that you were in the hospital for that first time. And it's like, whoa, that is actually today. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody who is still dealing with an, und- uh, you know, having no diagnosis? Is, the, is, is it such a word to say undiagnosis? a non-diagnosis, an undiagnosis, an unclear diagnosis. I'm not sure what the word is, but, um, you know, another thing is we often also still um, encounter people with misdiagnosis. So all this time they're like, okay, I have this. And then, you know, they'll run into a new specialist and, and that person will say, no, actually you don't, you don't fit that criteria. So that's not what you have, but I guess that's maybe they're in some ways, sometimes closer to a diagnosis. I don't know, but what advice would you give to somebody who's really struggling with having an autoimmune condition or not even knowing if they have an autoimmune condition, strange symptoms in the body, really debilitating issues, but still not knowing what's going on. What advice would you give them? I think that it took me a really long time to be where I am today and be so comfortable. Um, Like I said, it was really hard in the beginning for me because I didn't know what was going on. No one knew what was going on. And that was really scary. And I can definitely, you know, sympathize and I'm right there with you. It is very challenging. Um, I, once I opened up to, um, a few of my very close friends and they were, they were really my support system as well as my family. Um, and just knowing that I had people there for me, um, they can't really understand what's going on. They don't understand that you're in chronic pain all the time. Um, and you have weird symptoms, you get rashes on your body and just having them not look at you different is something, um, that was like really amazing for me. Um, but just having that support because you don't know what's going on. Other people don't know what's going on. And just if you can confide in someone and just explain what you're going through and, you know, I think that support system is so important, whether that's your family, um, a close friend, um, someone that you're in a relationship with and just knowing that they'll be there for you and there to listen is something that was really helpful for me. And, um, I, I'm so thankful for my family and my mom, especially because she went to all of those appointments with me. You know, she cried with me. She, um, she celebrated with me when I got into college, like all these things. And, um, I could not be more thankful for her because I know it was really hard on her as well, because, you know, she had a daughter that, you know, they don't know what's wrong with me. And so that was really hard for her. Um, but we went through it together and just, um, reaching out to someone. And I mean, 
you guys, if anyone is undiagnosed or if you ever need support, you can always contact me because I know what it's like and I will always be there to listen um, if you need someone because I think that is one of the most important things. So um, feel free to contact me at any time if you know you need someone to listen to or someone to listen. Um, I'll be there. So support is something that definitely got me through um, tough times. Mm-hmm. So how can people get in touch with you if they're dealing with undiagnosed issues and challenges and they want to reach out and give you extra encouragement or support? Um, Absolutely. You know, um, a cheer. <laughs> um, so my Instagram um, is just Leah Sarvella. It's my first and last name. Um, so my my messages are open. So if you um, if you need support, if you um, just want to reach out and just connect, um, definitely feel free to. Um, I think that would definitely be the most, um, like the best way. Um, you can email me as well if you want, if that's easier. But um, I'm also a part of the undiagnosed or the um, Autoimmune Community Institute. So you can reach out that way as well through our Instagram, through our blog, um, all of that as well um, that I have been a part of. I also shared um, a small portion of my story on our blog. So you can definitely feel free to reach um, to read that as well. Um, but um, definitely feel free to, you know, send me a message on Instagram. Um, I'm always available. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing your amazing story. It's a very powerful story. I wasn't prepared to hear so much support. And I just, I love the fact that your mom, that, that message that she gave you that there's probably a reason for this. There's a, a meaning for this and there's a way that you can turn this around. And that's just so powerful. And I'm just really grateful to hear your story today, Leah. Thank you so much for everything you do to support the autoimmune community and the undiagnosed community as well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that I was able to share something um, with all of you. And all the best with your studies. Um, I look forward to meeting Dr. Sarvella. <laughs> me too. <laughs> okay, thank you.